know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag Welcome in to DNBR Buffs post game presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm joined by uh, the full crew today to talk about an awesome win over Oregon for the Buffs in basketball. Uh, in case you guys weren't watching, that's exactly what happened. Up in Boulder, the Buffs took down Oregon. Oregon is now 0-10 in Boulder. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, whole crew's here. Ben, RK, uh, Superstar Dev. Soul Squad. Yeah, I don't really know. They just kind of like got pointed to me. I was like, well, I guess I got to say something. Don't forget to mention that Winsky is here. The Winsky. Well. Yeah, the Winsky is here too. Feels good. Feels good to bring Winsky back. It's been a while. It's been way too long. It's been too long since we've done this. Since we've all like been in person talking about the buffs. What's Feels even longer is uh, Oregon's uh, wins and in, in Boulder. <laughs> Losing streak <laughs> That's in true. Boulder. That's true. They've never won in Boulder, actually. Never. Isn't that kind of crazy, though? 0 and 10. You have to try to lose that much. Yeah, maybe Ali can bring up the uh, beautiful new graphic we just brought, we just created. It's on Twitter. I think the the most bizarre thing about it all is they went into Boulder and they were they were not favored. You know, like Colorado was favored by three, but when they go back to Oregon, Oregon's going to be favored. So it's just like, no matter what, when you get to your home place, it's just like they're going to figure it out, and they probably win by a lot in 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 um, mm -hmm. Oregon. It's just kind of how college basketball is. It's always difficult on the road uh, for any team, and and that's why on the bets podcast today, you know, we were saying like to the average better, Oregon is cheese here. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're the ranked team. They've looked really good, but they're going on the road to Colorado. It's a house of horrors for them. As I said, um, Tad, uh, Dana Altman needs to ask Tad Boyle for permission to scratch his balls. That's how much Tad <laughs> owns him, especially in Boulder. And uh, and it also was the day after Tad Boyle's birthday. And you know Tad wanted a, a win over Dana Altman because he does not like him. So uh, it was kind of exactly what I expected. Mm -hmm. The Buffs were in control of this game. I also said take the over. It ended up going over. Uh, this is what Pac-12 basketball looks like. Like Colorado wins at home against these teams. Yeah, and then that's really crazy. That's what happens in the Pac-12 and college basketball in general but the at home there is just such a huge advantage you know tad boyle talks about often saying you need to go 500 on the road and you need to win your home games that's how you win a conference title um do you think that that's right like is that the right approach can you almost just write off some of those road games because that's kind of what it felt like last week when they went one and two in that three game road trip i'll say yes just because of how it's all set up with college basketball um you could get your wins in, and then especially if you're on the road against a, a, a ranked opponent or a pretty good team, you try to sneak those in. You try to steal those type of games because it, everyone's going to be middle of the pack in Pac-12 anyway. Um, so then you try to steal some of those wins. When you do steal it, then you get to go into uh, – at least you get to go dancing. And then from there, you know, March Madness, anything could happen. But if you get the wins that you're supposed to get, then that's how you become, like, part of, of, of the group or at least in the conversation. You just have to get yourself in the conversation. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly think Oregon did not expect to win this game because of how that breaks down. 
you can't expect to go on the road in college basketball and beat a good team in their arena. That's why Colorado, when they go to Oregon, they're not going to expect to win that game either. You know, the, the whole thing about splitting your road games is pretty much because the way the Pac-12 breaks down right now is each road game has a good team and a, a kind of less of a great team, you know? And so it's all about capitalizing on those weaker opponents when you can on the road and then sweeping them at home. Now, obviously, you're going to have some differences there. You might be able to, you know, pull a whole sweep when you go to Washington because neither of those teams really are are that great. Obviously, Washington State's been playing a lot better than, you know, I, I projected them to be this season. But still, that's a beatable game even though it is on the road. So that can help you if you end up losing two on the road. Let's say you go to, you know, Stanford and Cal and drop both of those on the road. It's just so subjective. College basketball is always about right now. Um, you know, you, you can't talk about what's going to happen in Oregon, you know, a couple weeks from now because right now all you know is Colorado just beat a good team. They're going to be top 10 in the net. They're probably going to be 19 or 20 in the AP poll when that drops on Monday. And that is a, a, a lot to be excited about if you're a Buffs fan. Yeah, and, and I really like one of the things you pointed out, and that's that in the Pac-12 right now, when you go on these road trips, you play the two teams, the two travel partners, and they are pretty different in skill level generally, except for one that really stands out, and that's USC and UCLA. That's the road trip the Buffs had to make last week. They had to throw Arizona in there as well because they had to reschedule an earlier game, and then this week, they are supposed to get Oregon and Oregon State at home, but Oregon State can't play because of COVID, and you had what could have been almost like a doomsday scenario. You drop this game to Oregon, you have the easier game of the two just kind of thrown out for now, and you could be sitting here in a pretty rough position. It's just a really big win, and it was nice to see the Buffs go out there and get what was a really big win. I think that it might be the most important point about this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in three in the conference, right, is what they would have been yep. uh, if they lose this one without, you know, the makeup game kind mm-hmm. of in Oregon State sitting there for you on the weekend. Um, you fall down, obviously, in the net and all that, and you don't have, like, you have to wait a while until you play again. I think they're playing on Monday now. Yep. Is that the, is that the mm-hmm. schedule? So this was a huge game for them. Um, and you have to win these ones at home because you know you're going to lose these ones on the road, like you were saying at the top of the show. Uh, and McKinley Wright, who got off to a pretty rough start to the game, absolutely turned it on. You know, I joked uh, when he went out for, what, three minutes in yeah. the first half. I said, like, Tad probably looked over to him during that three minutes when I think they went on, like, a 7-0 run, Oregon did, and just said, like, all right, McKinley, tie those shoelaces because you're going to be out there the rest of the game. And he basically was. I think he had like a minute breather in the second half. Um, He put the team on his back in a lot of ways. But I also don't want to overlook what Deshaun Schwartz did for this team because he kind of carried the offense for an ugly 10-minute stretch there where they weren't getting very many good looks, not getting inside the paint. And he threw in a couple of not great threes, one easy one, and I, and then he had you know a layup at the rim that he worked for. Uh, and if it wasn't for that, I don't know if the Buffs win this game. And they definitely don't win it as comfortably as they did. Yeah, um, we've kind of transitioned into our biggest takeaways with some of this. Um, but let's keep going with those. Dev, what's, what's your biggest takeaway from this game? I think my biggest takeaway is, uh, like RK was just saying, um, just the relevancy of the win right now if you don't play for a while and the last time that people did see you play you didn't play to your best now you go from a team that nobody's really talking about but now they beat the number 17 team in the country 
and now you're going to move up, you know, you're going to be ranked and, and people are going to start watching you. And they also, it wasn't just that they won. They won without a starter. They won without their best defensive player um, on the team and, and found a way to, you know, try to make it work against a team that's good, like Oregon. Um, you have McKinley Wright, who continues to, to show that he's the best point guard in the country, in my honest opinion. Um, and then, like, like he just said, with, with Deshaun Schwartz, this is a player that didn't start out the year um, on the team. You know, he, he had to go through the, the whole protocol uh, and things of that nature. He's starting to find a rhythm. He's starting to get his own. And he really was one of the players of the game because he made some very, very tough shots at some very critical times where the offense had nothing going for themselves. And, and it just was finding something else because when McKinley writes tonight in the game, it's just kind of like everyone looking around. What do we do? What happens next? So just trying to find others and to win a game without Dallas Walton was big. Yeah, and it's kind of like I forget what game it was. It was the Tennessee game where they didn't have Eli, and it showed up a lot. But, it, it you know, I said it's going to be easy to forget that they didn't have Eli in this one. I think, again, when Colorado gets Dallas Walton back and they, they're a better team with him, It'll be easy to forget, oh, my God, they beat Oregon at home without him. <laughs> you know, the further away you move from the games, the easier it is to forget this stuff. Um, but this team, man, they have a lot of grit. They have a lot of heart. And, you know, there's an old saying, like, teams either take on the personality of their head coach or their best player. And this is kind of a perfect mix of both. Um, Tad and McKinley are kind of kindred spirits, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, and this team has totally taken on the personality of McKinley Wright, which is tough, gritty, you know, uh, heart, just wanting it more mm -hmm. than anyone else. And you see it in these tough games, you know, kind of shine through. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my biggest takeaway because it's kind of similar to what we're talking about. And that's that the Buffs don't really have a second option at point guard. Um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now, where we came into this season saying there are some good options at guard. It does feel like the offense is going to be just fine if there are stretches where you want to give Kin some rest. But so far to this point, it hasn't really felt like those younger guards have been able to contribute all that much, and the offense has really stalled out without Kin. And, and then you see him tonight when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor. It's just such a big difference, and I think that that at this point to me is something that I'm going to expect over the course of the rest of this season is just that when Ken isn't out there, things aren't going to look good. Yeah. You know, when we were, when we did our post game show after the UCLA loss, um, you know, last week we talked about McKinley Wright needed to play more. And that was a game where he still only, he, he played 29, 30 minutes in that one, but it was just, there was a, a three minute absence where he got a break longer than he was expected because they just didn't have the dead ball to get him in there. And it really hurt them. And, you love what you've seen from Keyshawn Bartholomew at times. He's shown flashes that he can provide an offensive spark. And also, I think his assist-to-turnover ratio has been impeccable. That's one area where Keyshawn Bartholomew has come in and not made those young, you know, first-time starter mistakes. So that's great for him. But as far as his ability to run an offense like McKinley Wright, and now granted, those are big shoes to fill. But the problem is, is this bus team now for four years is used to greatness coming from your point guard. So while those are big shoes to fill, it's tough for him to go in there and you look at that one stretch where in the second half, Ryan, you mentioned, I think he was only out for maybe a minute on a quick breather and that press break looked bad. And now it didn't look great even when he was out there. There were still some areas to improve and as far as how to break down a press, but still the team just looked lost out there. So I absolutely agree. That That is a key takeaway. And after such a big win, I think that's kind of a, 
a shallower takeaway because you're saying, well, you know, this, this team really is still ride or die with McKinley Wright. But as a positive spin on that, he just had one of the best games of the season, 21-10-5. I mean, for someone who needs to be the engine to drive your offense, he might be the best conductor. Train analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are riding the McKinley Wright train. Uh, and... Henry, do you want to see it up? And, and he is the king of the game. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Or that's as I said, the kin of the game. But usually we do that right after break, and so it's not, Wait, you know. Yeah, it was kind of waiting for kin. Yes. Draft king's king of the game. That is Draft correct. DraftKings king of the game. DraftKings kin of the game. Yep, there we go. That's what we've been waiting for hours to hear when RK first heard of it. So, <laughs> so yeah, DraftKings king of the game is McKinley Wright, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Just another very solid showing. And how about the shot at the end? Like, the, the one that really does feel like it was the dagger at this point, like, just draws the contact in the post. Was that like almost like a hook shot that went in? Kind of didn't even look at the rim. Just turned his body, <laughs> felt the contact, which is really just like a veteran move to just feel the contact and still throw it up. It goes in and one, and, and you know that that is just the type of plays that he makes that that can change the game and can slow things down. He plays at his own pace. And, and he comes up big. There was a lot of big plays that he made down the stretch, but that was just the dagger. On the negative side, you do have to talk about that press break, <laughs> uh, which wasn't exactly clean uh, throughout that period. And, in fact, I thought Ken's worst play of the game was on the steal from Duarte uh, in which they were pressing. Let's see, who got the ball? So I think they got the ball to Evan, who then got it to Deshaun. Deshaun got trapped, and they turned the ball over. And McKinley went away from the ball. And that was like the one time all game I was just like, Ken, what are you doing? As soon as the ball went into Evan's hands, you needed to run to him, get the ball away from him. Uh, and the press, you know, this is what happens in college basketball. You see the press, especially if it's one of the first times, maybe the, this was the first time they saw a true press. For an extended period, yeah. For an, a period like that. It's going to work. And now they'll work on it hard in practice over the next, you know, they almost have a week. Uh, and, and it probably won't happen again like that. But – Man, that game was safe. And then Oregon, you know, pulls out that, that press, and it definitely gave them issues down the stretch. I think having the press uh, for Oregon, I think that it was, it was a good – it was a negative, and it was also a positive. Um, it pushed the pace on a team that really does not ever turn the ball over, and, and it, it got them uncomfortable because they haven't seen that uh, before. But then at the at the same time, you've seen it start making them slow, like slow the ball, the game down in the second half, and then they started getting tired. The Oregon players got tired. Um, but yeah, the Colorado has to actually figure out a way to just try to break that. Uh, that was one of the, the the things that I seen with Eli Parquet. He he was not doing well on the press, but you can't take him out because of how good of a defender he is, and and you need a guard that can control that type of stuff. So. The press is something that I think that they really have to push on, especially moving forward, because if I'm another team, I'm going to say we have to push them. We're just not going to press them as long as these other teams did. And for everybody who's listening to the podcast and can't see, Harrison Wynn just said the same thing. Um, Parquet was the unsung hero until the last couple of minutes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. A couple other ones here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you, read, can you read that one? No, it took me a long time. I was like preparing, like trying to memorize all the words. I'll be the reader from here on out. Nice. Uh, Matthew Hastings said, uh, "Home has to be awesome too." Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's college basketball. 
Dan Cashmore, McKinley, deservedly or not, is my all-time favorite basketball buff. Deservedly. I want to see him cut the nets. Um, I completely agree. He's good enough to be like a, a good favorite buff. Oh, absolutely. Like up there with all the greats. I mean, he's got everything you need from it. Longevity, you know, stats. He's now four assists away from breaking the all-time record. Tad Boyle mentioned on the postgame he could be the first player to have 1,600 points, 600 assists, and 600 rebounds. I mean, that's insane. You know, mm -hmm. and just what he's done this season, in improving their win total year over year. And I think the end of last season left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. You know, obviously, they lost five strike games. But now seeing what he's able to do again this season – you know, if they can even just manage one win on tournament weekend, I think he's cemented himself easily at, in that top conversation of all time in the program. Anything else there, Al? Yeah. Oh, he's, Dan also says, did you guys know that Henry doesn't know what gaskets were? Start roasting. Appreciate you all. <laughs> I also don't know what gaskets were. Dude, I learned, but then I forgot again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not. I, I assume oh. it's like something that hold, like it's part of something that holds something together. I not like a body. I, I'm pretty sure no. it's a, that's a, isn't a gasket. It's that thing that attaches to the wall that has gas come out of it, like a kitchen. No, like a gas get. You know. Oh, like you go get the would, gas. Is I mean, that, you bl you <laughs> sure. blow a gasket, so that could be it. You know, it blows up because. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yo, Spano's coming to tell us what a we gasket have a, is. We have an adult here. Who's uh, <laughs> Don't nice. touch that mic. No, it's broken. No. Oh, yeah. You got to use Ben's. <laughs> we, we have an adult in the building to tell us. Okay, so if you were to put two pipes together, right? Oh, I was right. I said it holds and, something and together. And let's, let's just say each side were flanged so that you could put bolts through them so they would connect them. Does that make everything? Uh, yeah, we flanged, know flanged. Flanged, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> big flangers. Okay, we're all so, big so, flangers. So at, the, at the end of these pipes, they have things to where you could put bolts through and you could connect them together. Oh, in yeah. between the pipes, you would want something... You would want a gasket. So it doesn't like, right like leak out. So, so the things don't leak. So that red thing right there, is that a gasket? Um, so, no, so, not that one, further down. Yeah, so, so, so right there where those pipes are connected and there's bolts, there's, prob there's, there's probably a gasket in between those. I said it was something that and, connects and it, things it together. It kind of starts thick, and when you put the pipes down, as you tighten it, it compresses, and it fills up the space in between wow. where the two pipes connect, and it makes it so oil or water or Incredible. something doesn't leak. Can we okay. cut that alley and put the DNVR explains music on it <laughs> <laughs> look wow. all i know from that is that we were all pretty much right we just needed something like a gasket I, well, to tie you it said together it was a pipe and it involves pipes i said it was something that connects i said i didn't know what it was and so that was right all right okay well enough with the gaskets we're going to uh we do have one quick question. oh okay i thought we'd save all those for the end Okay, Ryan. Would love, <laughs> <laughs> would love Hank's take on how he would rank the best teams in the Pac-12. Really? Just do the top five. I mean, I mean, now that they've called, now that Colorado's beaten Oregon, you could call Colorado the top team. And like, sure, it's a home win, but I think they're right in that conversation, aren't they? I think they are. The problem is, is the Pac-12 is just like some of the best basketball program mm -hmm. or be best basketball conferences across the country. Um, Justin and I talk about this every week. The Big Ten in particular, they have so many fantastic teams, but they suffer from conference cannibalization, which I don't know if I heard it somewhere, but it's a t term that I've canned, coined. Yeah, it's gasket. People anyway, <laughs> where these great teams, they play each other and they stack up losses against each other and it makes them look worse. You know, 
I, I do think Colorado has an argument to be up there, but right now I am hard-pressed to name anybody as number one. I think there's five or honestly six teams. You've got USC, UCLA, Colorado, Oregon, and Arizona. Arizona. And Washington State and has Washington a Washington State, yeah. So, so you got to include them yeah. in the conversation. And we will see a, a great test against Colorado State. I believe it's on the 27th now. Colorado, uh, they're playing or, Colorado State? I'm sorry, Washington State? My bad. Still gaskets on the brain. Um, (laughs) Washington State, that game that was postponed in December due to COVID issues within the Cougars program. Sorry, I'm just making sure I got all the names right now. Yeah, yeah, now that's going to be at the end of January. So, All right. right. Break? Break. Um, So plan for the rest of the podcast. Right after this, we're going to share our game balls. Um, First, got to go to a break. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody, get your questions in. We're going to get to all the questions at the very end of all of this. Um, So throw those in there. Give us the like and the subscribe and all that stuff on YouTube. And before we get into our game balls, um, I want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge is an incredible company and I'm actually really excited to drink some Breckenridge beers tonight. Um, we're having like a, a watch party for the nuggets because the bar is back open. And that means that for the first time in months, I get to have a Breckenridge beer on tap, which I'm pretty fired up about. I'm thinking the first one's going to be a strawberry sky. Ooh, nice. Just like, how can you start back up with anything else? You got to go straw sky. Yep. Um, after that, because we'll be watching the nuggets game, the vanilla Porter jr. Mm, he's out tonight though. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe instead, I'll drink a different beer. But the point is, it doesn't matter which beer I choose. They're all going to be really good. Um, you, you guys should be checking out all of them. And uh, you can do that down at the farmhouse in Littleton. Uh, here, obviously. You can use the beer locator to find a whole bunch of other places you can get Breckenridge beers. Um, just make sure you do that. Uh, also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a great time to be betting with DraftKings, obviously. Like, I, I know there was some money made on the buffs today, Ryan. Yep. Uh, I said the over on the show, so yep. everyone that followed me on that got it. And I also said, <coughs> don't bet on my buffs, uh, which tells them to bet on the buffs. That's, that's how that works. Perfect. Uh, yeah, and if you don't want to just bet on the buffs, I know some people like superstitious. Obviously, there's like all sorts of college basketball, all sorts of NBA basketball. The NHL's coming back. It's the NFL playoffs. So much going on. Um, and if you want to celebrate the most exciting time of football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. And all it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. That's right. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. Um, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's football games. That's code DMVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And if anyone knows where our producer went... <laughs> Uh, we lost our monitor. Yes. Well, could you let her know, please? <laughs> no producer, no monitor. I don't know. I know what you guys look like. What do I really need to be able to see? Um, well, next up is the uh, the game balls, which is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, can't give one to Kin because he was the DraftKings king of the game. Uh, so, uh, Ben, start us off with the game ball. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout-out to Jariah Horn. Uh, that's, that's the one that had to be said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know, we talked about Dallas Walton in that opening segment and just how, you know, later on we're going to forget about the fact that the Buffs just beat a number 17-ranked Oregon team without Dallas Walton. Jariah Horn 
should be the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12 conference. I'm confident in saying that now. I'm confident because I've seen what he has done, and he hasn't shown that he's going to stop doing any of that moving forward. You know, his ability to come into this starting lineup almost seamlessly and continue to contribute. Now, granted, that looks different. They don't have the size on offense to work the ball into the post as much with Dallas Walton, and you miss a lot regarding not only his field goal percentage, but just also his rim protection. But as far as his production as an offensive player, as a leader out there, he has done a fantastic job. I will say, I think the second unit did play better when he was out there. That's obviously not a hot take. But when you look at what this means when Dallas Walton comes back, I do still think Ryan Horn comes off the bench, and that just does provide a bigger boost to your second unit, giving that veteran leadership, and also just someone who's not afraid to go shoot the ball and, and get a bucket. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, and he has a knack for hitting a shot when you need it most. Yep. Uh, and that I think that is part of that like senior leader just sense. Uh, McKinley has it too. He hasn't been as on point with that this year as you'd like him to be but Jariah just there's something about it like it feels like the other team's making a run they're not quite within reach yet I think there was a time when Oregon got it within four and then he had a three to, to extend it to seven and it's just like everyone can take a deep breath get on the defensive end like settle in a little bit um, and that's that's huge you need that um, you need obviously need knockdown three-point shooters which he has been when he's open this year uh, and, and he is a massive part of this team is just the calm to, to all storms. Uh, everything about him seems like a veteran, an older guy that's out there on the, on the team. Um, and then it just doesn't – he just came in seamlessly. This is a player that that was not on the team. Like, he, he's a transfer that came in, um, a lot older. He's a player that you have to guard as soon as he t uh, crosses half court, even though he doesn't make a lot. So he goes three from nine today, which that's not a great night of, of shooting. But you have to respect him at all times. Every single time he shoots the ball, you feel like it's going in. So if we feel like it's going in every single time, you know that the, the defense is trying to sh uh, shift for it. So a lot of it is, is spacing. Also, he scores 17 points in a game, and that's off of the bench. It looks like he's a, a bench player, but he's playing the majority of the game. So this is just another player that you could put in to, to be the second best scorer on the team right now. My game ball is yep. going to go to Deshaun Schwartz. Um, again, just that little stretch there where they really needed some shots to fall. He made them fall. Uh, and it wasn't pretty. There was at least one of the two where I said, no, and then it went in. Uh, <laughs> but he made it work. Uh, and, again, we talked about this a long time ago, and it bears itself true with these buffs every single night. He is the X factor. He is the guy on top of Horn and McKinley Wright. And if Evan Batty's going, you know, he adds a – you kind of need – at least two of those four going every night. And if you get three, you're going to win. Uh, and that's McKinley, Deshaun, Evan, and Horn. If you have three of those four going, you're going to win. And tonight they had uh, Horn, McKinley, and Deshaun all make really big plays for them. Evan, you know, his offense wasn't exactly there in the second half. It was it helped him out a lot at the start of the game. But he is the X factor for this team. He ha he should have a good matchup almost every night in terms of his size and his ability to get to the rim. And when he does it, it's huge. And and I I think that little I want to say it was like a almost a seven minute stretch where the offense just wasn't there. And he made two threes uh, and a layup at the rim that really helped them. You know weather that offensive storm. Shorts has the the versatility, um, and he also is a player. 
Um, that's the most trusted on the team. I think that McKinley Wright trusts him more than anyone else on the team, which makes him the biggest X factor because when you have a guy that you could trust on both offense and defense, that's also scoring at will and also can defend guards as well as bigs, it, it makes it a lot easier. Um, Three-point shooting was, was something that Colorado did not have tonight but he went two of five so he had a bit of a efficient night and then also he he got to the free throw line he, he scored well he actually didn't get to the free throw line tonight but he, he but he scores and he attacks and, and that makes it a little bit different and he was great on defense yep. especially down the stretch he really locked in um definitely my game ball uh, aside from McKinley and, and he's not even playing his best basketball right now nope. you know I mean he's not shooting at the same clip that he was last year he's not being as aggressive as a slasher you know we talked about it a little bit during the game, and, and we've talked in our, our members' Discord, too, about how many of those kind of two-point jump shots that just kind of fall through the cracks for him. Instead of shooting those pull-ups, just drive to the rim. You've got the size. He's proven as a finisher, and also, worst-case scenario, get to the free-throw line. And, and touching on that point, too, about him being an X-factor as well, I'm, I don't want to say I'm happy, but I think it's good that people saw what this team was like when Maddox Daniels was your starting three. Because you realize just how versatile Deshaun Schwartz is. Maddox Daniels is your classic three and D. You know, he, he three and there. You know, and and three and guy, three and guy. You know, and, and Deshaun Schwartz just does so much for you. And now, granted, Maddox Daniels has had a great comeback from that early season struggle. I'm after tonight. There's no way he's still over forty percent on the season. But the point is, is you see all the things that Deshaun Schwartz has to offer to this team. I think this starting lineup has a big three. You know, when you look at it in a you know NBA terms with McKinley and Deshaun, and maybe you throw Evan Batty in there instead of Dallas Walton, just based on how much he plays. And then you've got a six man with Jariah Horn coming off the bench. There is no reason that this team can't make a significant run in March because they have all the pieces to do it. And they're showing, especially tonight, they can come out there and compete against a very, very good team in the entire country. Yeah, because, I mean, when you have, uh, like, three, four good players in basketball, that's going to be most of the work you have to do. I mean, we're giving out DraftKings King of the Game and four game balls. There, there were only seven players who played at least five minutes in this game. Like, like it's kind of a silly you thing to do. To, you can <laughs> piggyback on someone else, but yeah. I think there were oh, yeah. a lot of good players out there. I mean, there, they right? won the game against a good basketball team. And just to build on top of the Deshaun Schwartz talk, the thing for him is making the easy shots, like getting inside the three-point line and scoring. This is only the third time all season he didn't shoot 50% from three, and he was two of five. Like, he is never going to be a real problem from deep. The, the difference is, even though he's shooting close to 50% from three, coming into tonight, he was shooting like 33.5% from the field, including those three-pointers. Once he does start getting to the rim and either making the looks even easier or knocking down the looks he's getting, there's another level that Deshaun can get to. Absolutely. My game ball is going to go to Evan Batty. <clears throat> and the reason I give it to him is because without Dallas Walton, they needed a big man presence. They needed someone to, to be in the, inside and to, to be the facilitator and the person that just really is just the guy that controls everything. He controlled the glass tonight. Uh, Batty had 12 points and 10 rebounds. The, the leading rebounder for Oregon had six. So you won your battle inside and you also made it so that no one else wants to go inside. He, he gets a block and also there was a point in the game that Batty, it looked like things were gonna change for him. You know, he gets the technical foul um, right after an offensive uh, call a foul for him and it looked like he was going to really just like 
panic and, and everything was going to slow down. But then he, he takes his minutes off. Uh, he comes back in and he, he controls the game. Um, and the biggest thing is he went eight of eight from the free throw line. Huge. Today, which yep. was huge, especially with them. Um, Two one and ones. They was employing the, the, the foul. They wanted to foul him. That's the wrong person to foul tonight. Eight, eight of eight from the free throw line. He has my game ball. Yeah, he, eight of eight from the free throw line. And 12 points, so he did most of his damage from there. I think he had two layups early in the game. Big so ones. All, yeah, exactly. But all of those free throws were huge. Like I said, two of them were one-and-ones. And one-and-ones one can completely change the game in college yeah. basketball. You miss the front end of those, uh, and it can totally turn a game on its head. I think the Buffs made all of their one-and-one one opportunities tonight. He had two of them, um, and it's just – it's massive. It's massive to be able to make those. It is. Yeah. And it's a team that's one of the best in the country at shooting free throws to this point. Yeah. And, you know, with Evan Batty having this extended role, because he has to play so much more of, of kind of like that center role when Dallas Walton's not out there, you know, um, we, we talk a lot about their points in the paint in the last three games were atrocious. They were minus 30 or 40 in that regard just over those last three games. And they still managed to go one and two in that stretch tonight. They were still minus four, but they found other ways to win, and a big part of that was Evan Batty because, like y'all mentioned, eight of eight of the free throw line, I mean, that's incredible, especially because of where that came in the game as well. You know, eight for eight over the course of a an entire basketball game is big, but it, it came a lot during that they had trouble with the press break, and they passed it up to Batty, and they'd foul him quick. Um, you know, in particular, under three minutes, I believe he got fouled twice in that situation because they were still in the one-on-one -one situation. So for her, him to have the confidence, the demeanor to go up there, hit those shots, and also stay in the game. You know, that offensive foul turn technical was a tough sequence, absolutely. But ended up with just three personal fouls, which for Evan Batty is great. He didn't pick up any early either, which is huge. There were a couple times early in the game where Oregon would drive in. Evan Batty stayed straight up, made sure to not draw those early fouls because in the grand scheme of an yeah. entire game, that's what's important for him is not contesting a shot and maybe Oregon goes one for two at the line. But if Batty picks up that foul, it's, it's atrocious because they just don't have the depth right now, especially with Walton Hurt. You'll take two points in the first eight minutes of the game over an Evan Batty foul every time. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a, just a fair trade. You'll mm -hmm. just give that. Um, the other thing, five assists. Yeah. I was calling him uh, Nicola Batty at the beginning of the game. He was kind of feeling himself, and then he tried to do a full-court pass like <laughs> Nicola, and it didn't work out too well for him. But he was really seeing the floor well early on. Um, and, and like I said, between the passes early and the couple buckets early, he really helped the Buffs get into the groove in this one and then came through with the with the free throws late in the game and yeah. with his passing and playmaking it, it it has been a process for him this season because I, I remember last year even when he started talking about like watching a lot of Nikola Jokic and seeing the way that he can do things and you could tell like at various points like he can see something but he doesn't necessarily have the passing ability to take advantage of it but now he's starting to hit on more of those passes he's starting to see more and it seems like he's He's added this part of his game that has been maybe just a little bit hit or miss to this point. Like sometimes you really see the playmaking. Sometimes you're like, ah, that was just a bunch of turnovers tonight. And, and to see him take that step is is big. But also, like you guys are saying with the fouls, I mean, just being on the court and the, maybe it was luck that the fouls came when they did and he was able to play 34 minutes, but he stayed on the court. And that's what matters. In the big moments when he couldn't get another foul or he was going to have to go back to the bench, 
he didn't get one. And that that's one of the keys for Colorado this year is Evan Batty playing at least 30 minutes. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for Game Balls. Um, if you guys have any questions, throw them in the chat, and maybe we'll have a producer when you guys do that. Um, you know, real and quick then, while we wait on that, I do want to still shout out Eli Parquet. I know we touched okay. on him a little bit in the beginning, but... This starting five tonight played as good as I think any other lineup Colorado has put out all season. And Eli Parquet is a guy where his production and his value stretches so far outside of the box score. You know, for me, Eli Parquet is almost like an elite cornerback in football. Somebody where he might end a game with two tackles, and that's it. But it's because... On defense, they didn't want to go to. Yeah, him. you don't throw at him. You know, you're not going to have tons of interceptions. You know, you look at a guy like and tons of football references, but you look at a guy like Marcus Peters picking up tons of pick sixes and stuff. Well, that's also because he gets burned a lot. So for Eli Parquet to just be so stable on defense and allow these other guys to make plays on offense, kind of stay. I don't want to say say stay out of the way, but just you know, be a part of that. He knows his role. He plays to it so well. It just makes him such a valuable asset. And yeah, his press break and everything at the end of the game wasn't great, but nobody's was. They're going to practice it, and I guarantee you it's going to be perfectly fine the rest of the season. And I think another time Oregon got it down to four, and he had that layup where he, mm -hmm. he you know, they were denying the ball from McKinley, and so he's like, all right, I have no choice. It's late in the shot clock. I got to go to the rim. He got a nice screen from Batty and finished at the rim. Uh, just another, like there was a series of just big plays. It never got to the point where you needed a buzzer beater or anything like that, but just experienced players made big plays in big moments. Yep. He's also a player that you just, he's consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get from him every single time. He's never going to shoot you out of a game. He's never going to put you in a bad spot. Um, yeah, he had a, a, a few issues with the, the press break, but like you guys said, everyone else did. Mm -hmm. But having Parquet out there, it also gives – McKinley Wright, the ability to not have to guard the best player at all times. And that's big because you need McKinley on offense. You need him to mm -hmm. exert his energy offensively, although he's one of the best two-way players in the country. Parquet is a guy that could sh shift on any guard, um, and, and, and he's going to stay in front of him without fouling. So that is a big player that you need to play big minutes and do whatever you need of him. Yeah, I would have loved to see Parquet on Duarte there at the end of the stretch. I know Duarte picked up those three free throws on that tough foul. I'm pretty sure it was Schwartz on him, but... Yeah, you know, to compare him to some of these other guys that you have coming off the bench, because I think in some losses, you know, maybe you look at Arizona or you look at UCLA, you say, well, what would it be like if you run maybe Keyshawn at the two more? And I think offensively, yes, you do get that boost. But to to say as a plus minus, you know, what that difference is, it, it's uncalculable. I honestly don't even think that's an offensive boost. <laughs> Well, yeah, and especially at this point, and, and touching on what you said, Dev, about you know what you're going to get from him, you can bank on Eli Parquet going three for five from the floor, you know, whether that means he hits a three in there too, and he's he's almost always going to grab a block, maybe a couple steals, he's four so consistent, four, I mean, that, and that's yeah. the most, I believe that's the most shots he's attempted in a game this season. There was one where he might have gotten a little out of his head, but otherwise, <laughs> he he's super consistent, um, and... Again, you absolutely need a stopper uh, in college basketball, and the Buffs have one. Yep. They have two, both of their starting guards. Yeah. I mean, this the biggest takeaway, and I know we've moved on to game balls, but I have more confidence in this team right now than I have at any other point in the season because when you get Dallas Walton back, this is a sixth there. This is a six man deep roster that could all be not just starters, but I do believe 
studs and stars at other schools across the country. You know, I mean, you even see Dalen Coots leave to Northern Colorado, and he's still putting up big numbers there. So, Ripped up my Grizzlies. Yeah, so I'm saying this is six <laughs> people where you feel great with the ball in their hands and how they work together. It, it is a, a great, great win. All right, uh, get your questions in. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, before we get to those questions, WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. Um, it's been incredibly popular among DNVR members and DNVR listeners, and it's gotten so popular, in fact, that we have opened a fourth DNVR country club inside WGT. And so if you go to WGT, or, or let's see, DNVRgolf.com, you can download the WGT app and join that fourth clubhouse and start playing with us. Um, WGT is a great game, so many game modes. Uh, you can play like stroke play or skins or like any actual game of golf except for uh well no actually all of them plus top golf there we go um you could play at like st andrews and beth page black and a whole bunch of really cool realistic courses um again you can play like online with other people you can play by yourself there's there's so many different things that you can do it's so much fun and that's why it is the most popular golf game in the world um so Download WGT Golf by going to dmvrgolf.com and join that fourth country club and start playing tournaments with us. I'm not. Was I off? Oh, no. Oh, that's okay. Well, oh, well. WGT is still dope. <laughs> it is still dope. Um, questions, though. We have any, Allie? They want you to compare this to the Arizona game. In what sense? Compare. Um, can you can you read the question, Ryan? <laughs> Maybe you already did this and I missed this, but can you compare this to the Arizona game? I'll give you the most simple comparison to the Arizona game. That one was on the road. This one was at home. Yeah, I mean, I think it was also a, a, just a more thorough game through and through because they the game was tied at 12 to 12 early in the first half. Other than that moment, and I don't have the ESPN win projection or whatever in front of me, but I don't believe they got really closer than four points after that. You know, mm -hmm. anytime Oregon would start to build a little bit of a run, start to try and get in it a little bit more, there was a play. It was McKinley Wright on a, I don't even know if you want to call it a hook shot because the, I don't know that he was looking, you know, or that Jariah Horn corner three or Eli Parquet driving in. You know, you can touch on these other points of, of you know, mini daggers, if you will. Whereas against Arizona, that second, it was just a second half collapse. So I'm looking at the win probability chart right now. There was between the under eight uh, and two minutes left in the first half, Oregon bumped into the positive win probability um, a few times. But other than that, like you can see it was just dominated by the buffs throughout. Yeah. And that's the difference is when Oregon got back in there and got some momentum, Colorado was able to respond. Against Arizona, there, there wasn't that response. And that was when McKinley Wright kind of woke up. Uh, wasn't a big factor in the first 12 minutes of the game. And then Oregon started to get in there. He had a layup on a tr in transition, and then he had another and one in transition, and he was just ready to go. All right. All right. Uh, from Peter Martin, what would you like to see the Buffs improve on the rest of the season? Paint defense. They've, they've just got to get better in that area. And I, I think without Dallas Walton – that's a big person that takes up a lot of the rim and you're able to rely on him a little bit. But quite frankly, this is a guy that's had three ACL surgeries. So you shouldn't have to rely on him all the time. They've got to get better at 
keeping people out of the paint and, and defending them better there. He's the only rim protector you have on no, the absolu roster. Absolutely. But I think they should they, they need to get more creative as far as how they're scheming defensively because this is four games in a row now where they've gotten beaten in the paint, two of which they got obliterated, and that's the reason why they lost. So they've just got to get creative, maybe try something else. Maybe switch to try some zone for a little bit. I don't know. Just try something. That's a four-letter word for Tad Boyle. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, I, don't, you know. I don't know if mine will be improvements, but just being able to, to make a three-pointer. Like, they just <laughs> yeah. don't have any type of three-point makers right now. Or even the three-point shooters that they do have, they're not knocking them down. So They hit just enough tonight. But if you make a lot more, you don't have <laughs> yeah, that type no, of yeah. If you make some shots that you are – like, they're getting open looks. They're swinging the ball. They're getting looks. They're getting what they need. They're not falling. And that's why, you know, players like Maddox is not playing longer because he's not hitting his shots. Um, and, and then he doesn't bring other things to the table. You're not playing as much defense or things like that. But if they're making threes, this is a completely different team. So I think that three-point shooting is something that I would beg for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say you would improve on it because there's nothing that you could do besides make the, sh the shots. If you get Jariah... Deshaun and Maddox all going from three at any point, this team is going to be incredibly difficult to beat. Uh, yeah. Especially if at some point, while they're all hot, Kin comes down the court and just takes like a pull-up three, like early in the shot clock and hits it. Like, cause, cause you have that aspect too. Like you have just so many different ways this offense could work. I don't know. I'm really Kin, excited. Ken's jump shot is in a bit of a slump right now. Yep. He needs Definitely. a hot game. He needs a, one of those classic pull-ups early in the shot clock. He hit a couple early in this season. He hasn't in a while, but I mean, you will not win a lot of games shooting 27% from three when you are seven of 26. You know, that's just, it's not a great recipe. Now, now granted they did enough other things five very in the second well. Half, I believe. Yeah. They, they, they started off. Oh, for nine. So yeah. you're already going to be in a hole percentage wise when you have that kind of a slow start, but they were able to rebound. And the other thing too, is they did enough other things well to win convincingly. Like you said earlier, Ryan, this wasn't a game where they needed a buzzer beater. They needed anything else. Their defense was phenomenal for maybe 36 minutes of the game. You know, at the end there, they got, you know, there were some points where they got a little tough, especially because, you know, they were playing two-on-one basketball with depressed steals and whatnot. But mm -hmm. you did enough, but you just need to work on that three-pointer, absolutely. All right. Uh, next question. The Nuggets are not playing until 8 o'clock. <laughs> okay. So it's 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> right, there we go. Uh, what <laughs> record do you guys have the buffs through the next five games? Someone's got to show me the schedule. I'm pulling it yeah. up. Yeah. Okay, Allie is pulling I up. I do the... know Colorado plays the next 7 of 10 at home. So Ooh. they've got a nice little stretch. Does that include today? No. Wait. Perhaps. Great question. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> is the Who's answer. to say? <laughs> Perhaps. All right. So, starting with Utah there, uh, Oregon State is obviously canceled. So, here we go. They're going Are we four sure this one. is the updated version? Yeah, it is. They're going 4-1. Okay. and one. They're going to lose to Stanford. Um, they're going to take care of Utah and Cal. And uh, that Washington road trip is the one that you need to sweep this one on the road. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> Sweeping a road trip. In college basketball, it just doesn't happen. No, like, it, 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 it absolutely it doesn't. doesn't. And three and two is still you're still high as a kite if if you go one and one at Washington. But I I know Washington State is undefeated still. I'm still not bought in on them just yet. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I will say um, three and two with three of the games being on the road is a win. Yeah. Yep, is a win. So 
Um, that'll be my prediction is three and two. Um, they'll win the two home games and steal one of the road games. But I, I, it's just foolish, in my opinion, to set high expectations about road games. Like to win two out of three on the road in conference play in college basketball is just really, really difficult. Yep. It is. I just, I think the Utah game is different. You know, I think especially where it's positioned. That's why I think three and two is reasonable, but I do think they still drop one at home potentially against Stanford. Stanford is a very good team. I don't even know that I mentioned them in the top five or six when we were talking about it. You but did. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. You've got Oscar De Silva. You've also got your potential freshman of the year. You know, it, it, that's a team that's going to be tough. I think that you steal you steal one against Washington because the Washington Huskies are a bad basketball program right now. And I do think you get that win at Utah because you're riding a high now off of Oregon. It's supposed to be your big time conference rival. You know, uh, I, I think you, you're able to get two and one on the road in this stretch, at least. Yeah, I agree. Three and two, four and one. Our team's going to start pressing the buffs more consistently after the film they just put out. Absolutely, positively, 100% yes. And it's just up to the buffs and their coaching staff and their players to uh, be ready for it. Yep. Why would you not press them? Yeah. Like, if you see a th- something that slowed a team down, you're going to at least give it a, a try. You might not have the personnel that the other teams have, so maybe you don't do it for a long, but you're going to try to switch things up, especially in the flow of a game. So, of course, they're going to see uh, presses. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you look at some athletic teams, you know, maybe even against a team like Stanford, where they just have a rotation as far as, okay, maybe – and, and obviously it's not going to be set, but maybe let's say every three, every four possessions, you're pressing them a little bit just to try and, and slow them down a little bit. And in that sense, it's not to get steals like today Oregon was because Oregon, they needed to generate turnovers. Instead, it's just to kind of slow down Colorado's offense, not let them get set, not let McKinley Wright get going. But I will say, you know, if, if they can practice this and get it down, I think that could be a dangerous recipe because you get McKinley Wright going downhill. Exactly. You, uh, you're going to take that any day. The best way to defend the buffs is to take away McKinley's driving lanes. And if you press, like if I'm Tad Boyle, I feel thrilled right now because you are going to get pressed a bunch. And you have, what is it? What, what day is it? Thursday. You have a whole weekend. Uh, and you know Friday and the weekend to prepare your press offense and your goal is get the ball to McKinley right have him pass it off and have him take off and you get the ball back to him and he's in the lane Uh, and he's either gonna make a play for someone else or he's gonna get an and one or he's gonna make a contested layup like you open up that that transition offense for McKinley right it's gonna cause you problems obviously the buffs have to get a lot better at breaking the press but if they can you invite it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're, you know, we'll go back to another football comparison. If a team just wants to play you and press man, you sh- if you trust your playmakers, you should feel amazing about that. You're saying my quarterback and my wide receiver are going to make a play against this press man coverage. It's the same way. Your quarterback, who is McKinley Wright, you trust him against press. Uh, and you should say, bring it on. Because we're going to get him in the open court. We're going to let him go to work. Yep. How am I breaking a, a cover zero in football? I'm running four verts because I trust one of my outside receivers, especially if I am the boss, you know? How am <laughs> I going to break the press right now? I want somebody to flash towards McKinley Wright, who's inbounding it, and just have a simple give and go. Yep. McKinley, get the inbound pass and have whoever it is. Let it be Evan Walton, Dallas Walton, or, uh, you know, Evan Batty. Evan Batty. Excuse me. Evan Batty, Eli Parquet, whoever it is, have them turn around and just toss it up to McKinley right in stride. Get him moving downhill, and, and you'll be set. It's faster right. than everyone on the court on yep. pretty much any given night. That's it? 
All right, uh, before we get out of here, the DraftKings pick of the week is going to be BAM in the national championship game, so make sure you take that um, minus eight and make yourself some money. That's going to be it for today. Uh, we will be back next Saturday to do this again, so stay tuned for that, and we'll see you then.